I'm so glad that you were the mentor that I like first found because you instilled in me this feeling of like, it's all fine. It's not a big deal. Just come prepared. You're great. Like you don't have to do me the most and be so extra. And I did a ton of second shooting starting out because I wanted to get into weddings and I wanted to do it well. And I learned a lot of things. And the biggest things I learned is like what I don't want to do. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I wanna share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. This is definitely something we've talked about before, but today Audrey and I are going to cover what we bring to our sessions equipment-wise. So basic stuff for those of you that might be seasoned photographers, but if you're curious about what Audrey and I use at our shoots, you'll want to tune in to today's episode. But first, a few words from folks that support this show. So are you one of those folks that say, "Ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you. And then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Hey photographers, tired of staring at a blank screen when writing emails? 17 Hats has introduced a game-changing AI email writing feature called Hattie. Now, with just the click of a button, you can create polished professional emails. So whether you're responding to leads or building templates, Hattie will elevate your communication game with the power of AI. It's just one more way 17 Hats helps you manage your business better. So go try 17 Hats for seven days for free and use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year. That's up to a $300 savings. Check it out at 17hats.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP. 
Well, speaking of things we wanted to talk about, today we thought it would just be kind of straightforward and interesting to just let folks know what we show up to shoots with. Again, we're lifestyle photographers, so branding, lifestyle, wedding, that kind of stuff. But we haven't talked about equipment in a while. And I thought that would be kind of a, you know, interesting thing for folks. I know that when I was, particularly when I was just starting out my first couple of years, I loved knowing what people were bringing. So, because you kind of either feel like you're behind and like you don't have what you need because materialism and commercialism makes you think that you need to buy it all. Or, you know, you're just not sure like how people achieved certain shots or whatever it is. So I don't know. I thought this would be interesting. Yep. I agree. Let's start with like wedding stuff because I don't really shoot weddings anymore, but I did for a long time. So maybe I'll I'll hand it off to you. And what do you typically bring to a wedding that makes your wedding photos so stinking beautiful? Beautiful. When you brought this topic up, I was thinking about this picture I have six years ago. I was getting ready to go photograph a wedding and I hadn't photographed many. So I was still I would consider myself like new. And I was like two days before the wedding, getting all my stuff prepared. And I like had a picture of everything I was bringing with. And I was so extra (laughs) because I was so nervous. I didn't know if anything went wrong. I wanted to have a solution for it, which I still do. But like the energy about it is way different now. So gear wise, what I bring is I have two cameras. I certain parts of the day I'll shoot on two cameras because I use prime lenses, which I might be getting away from in the future, but that's just what I do right now. And then also for a wedding, you always need to have a backup camera just in case something were to happen to the main one that you're using. I bring my 35, which has happened to me. Yeah. It's happened to me before too. And not necessarily that it broke, but like it just did something weird or stopped working right. And yeah, the lenses I mostly shoot on are 35 and 85 If it's a wedding that requires a longer lens, like, for example, I had a a church wedding where they didn't want me to move. I was going to be up in the balcony the whole time. So I rented a longer lens for that. And then I have two speed lights. I only use one usually, but I have a backup because I've had that break on me before. Lots of batteries. I think I have like seven batteries at least for the two cameras. And a bunch of SD memory cards. I bring a charger with just in case one of my 12 batteries doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, but not. (laughs) Yeah, it's important on a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And I can fit all this in my backpack bag. So I also have a little scissors in there that I've used almost at every single wedding at some point. Have needed a little scissors, pen. I have the family list printed out and the timeline printed out just in case I don't know they're on the same page and then I bring a fanny pack because I like to put my wallet and car keys in a fanny pack that I just wear the whole day so that they're on my person in case you know something crazy happened and my purse got stolen I would be able to at least get home still smart yeah and I'll put like a couple batteries in there too if I'm not I keep my bag with me though like really close. I know people that have gotten gear stolen at weddings. And so I just don't let my camera bag leave me. Snacks, liquid IV, which I love, water bottle. And yeah, 
kind of depends on the wedding. If it's a long one, you know, maybe have a few extra things. But if it's a short one, I won't like bring snacks with. Awesome. It's simple. I'm not wheeling in lights. That's just how I shoot. And it's worked great. I've been doing some more like commercial stuff for some reason recently. Just people finding me. And I don't know what I changed on my website, but I was, <laughs> I was on a call with, you know, like the team call to talk about the project. And they were like, well, so you could probably just set your tripod up. I mean, and that was, that's the only sentence I need to share with you because it's, I just like stopped them. And I was like, I just want to clarify, like, just so we're all on the same page. I don't think I've ever used a tripod, (laughs) you know, just to like, it's just, I think there's different approaches and I'm not making fun of people that use tripods. I'm just saying that like, when you said wheeling in light, I got anxious. (laughs) And again, it's not to make fun of anyone that does that. No. And I know how to use lights. I just have a way that I like to shoot and it does not require me to bring a suitcase. No. And you're right. It's totally not to make fun of. It's I think everyone has a different threshold for organization and stress and keeping things moving. And I'm with you on the equipment simplicity because I've just found. And when I first started out, I second shot for a, a number of people that had much more complex systems and it felt hard to me. And so that's another one of those things you just have to see what you like. And it does depend a lot on style. So like, you know, you and I are very documentary and kind of whatever. And I think that's the trend in the last few years anyway. But I certainly think it's a lot less stressful when you have less stuff. I'm so glad that you were the mentor that I like first found because you instilled in me this feeling of like, it's all fine. It's not a big deal. Just come prepared. You're great. Like you don't have to do me the most and be so extra. And I did a ton of second shooting starting out because I wanted to get into weddings and I wanted to do it well. And I learned a lot of things. And the biggest things I learned is like what I don't want to do. And I worked with some very high stressed photographers with just elaborate gear and everything was a big deal. And it was like, ah, and their weddings were beautiful. And then I worked with the opposite or I shot my own and I didn't have any of that. And my weddings are beautiful. So I was like, I think I'm going to choose that one. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I think I had the same experience and I just, I went really simple. I guess I'll talk a little bit about what I bring. Basically what you have, I have a, I have a small Kelly Moore bag. That's about the size of like a purse. It's, I mean, it's just a small bag. And then I have my shoot sack. And my shoot sack I've had, it's like fraying at the edges. I don't know how much longer it'll last, but I bought it 12 years ago and it has pockets for three lenses uncapped and ready to go. So I keep a 135, a 35 and a 50 in there. And then I also shoot with a tilt at weddings, a 45 millimeter tilt because I think it's kind of. That's right. That's beautiful. That lens. Yeah, the tilt. And I do have like a 24 to 70 or something in my bag that I'll sometimes bust out if I really need either. I don't use it that often. It's usually for like really wide, like if someone's getting their dress on or something in a room that's really small and tight or something. But or I really need to, you know, it's my only zoom. I shoot mostly prime. So for some reason, I need to zoom a lot. And I'm in like it's normally like because I'm in like a tight situation where like it would be hard to change my lenses really fast. And it's just easier to zoom, but you don't get the depth of field. And, you know, that's why people shoot primes that you do with primes. So I don't rely on it very often. But anyway, like that shoot sack, I have my wallet and my keys in it 
and my extra cards in it. And it just goes over my shoulder for the, I mean, you've seen me, it just doesn't leave my side. Like I just carry it all day and it, you know, it can get a little heavy. Like I'll definitely set it down if I'm like in a room with people getting ready or if I'm whatever, I'll find moments to set it down certainly. But like for the most part, even if I set it down, it's right next to me. And uh, that thing just like hugs your body and you can change lenses in like two seconds and it's super, super easy. And then, you know, my other camera, my backup camera and my other stuff, my charger. Yeah, same thing. Couple batteries. I do have like a little LED light that I really like. It's like a video light. It's really small. I think you've, I've had you hold it if like, this was a few years ago, like second shooting, but like if it's sometimes like at the dance, you can like shine it on the couple and it just adds a little extra light, but it's again, it's a video light. So when there's a lot of movement, like a dance, like a first dance, you can get that consistency, but it's not a very bright light. So this is a small video light. So it doesn't take away from whatever ambiance, you know, it's not, it's hardly noticeable actually, but it's noticeable on camera. And so I like that little thing. I found that that was, I do have my speed lights, but I actually find that I use that more often for like first dance stuff and lower lit stuff because it's less flashy, you know, obviously. And it seems like it would be more invasive because it's a light that's just shining, but it's, it's not very bright. Anyway, I mean, simplicity, you know, I like to be able to move around. I like to be able to kind of use the light that's available to me as much as possible. I really enjoy that. You know, that's part of that documentary vibe is like, this is what's going on right now. And I'm just capturing what's going on. Again, I haven't really shot weddings in the last couple of years. I've shot a couple, but I'm not doing those much anymore. But it's the same when I show up to any session I do. I just did a actually a, a fairly large session for Dairy Queen. And I showed up with the same thing. You know, there's nothing... The only difference was I, I set that little light up, that LED up on a stand so that it, so I could move the stand around in different scenes. But I mean, I am a very low tech photographer and not because, like you said, not because I don't understand how lights work and I haven't tried different setups, but I just, you know, I'm not in the studio, so I don't need that kind of setup. I'm not doing a specific type of photography, which requires a lot more setup. I'm just doing kind of simple, real to life sort of stuff. So yeah, I 3550, 135 are my main go-tos and then that tilt. Yeah. So have, I forgot, I bring a 50 with as backup because I shoot mostly on my 3585, but if something were to happen to my 35, I couldn't, you know, shoot a wedding on an 85. So I bring my 50 as well. Yeah. My 35, 50, 85. I mean, I use all the time and it's like, they're just my favorite. You know, I love that combo. And I've, I've used them so much that, I mean, I've had to get bands replaced on them because they felt like I've been using them. I, I'm surprised they're still working after 10 years because they have shot, it's got to be well over, you know, close to a million photos at this point. Yeah. Right. And for portraits, I pretty much I mean, I don't bring like all the extra, I mean, my gear just fits in my backpack. So I just grab my backpack, my camera bag, and so like all the batteries and stuff are in there, but I don't worry about charging my flash and all that. In family sessions, I mostly shoot on a 35 the whole time because I do that more documentary style and I just love the way it looks. Sometimes I'll put an 85 if it's like... I actually don't really that much anymore. 
I don't want to fuss around. I just want to like hold my camera. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see that totally. And once you kind of have a feel for it, like I know it, like 35 to 50 doesn't seem like a big difference, but like I know exactly when I want to use which one. You know what I mean? Like I think that's helpful. But if you can, yeah, I think being minimal about it, and I've of course traveled a lot for my work and I bought this, the most brilliant thing I've ever purchased for airplane travel with my gear is this it's like three or 400 bucks it wasn't cheap but it's this nice it's like just black little rolly bag and i can fit everything in it that we just talked about flashes extra camera bodies all my lenses all my stuff but when you're rolling it i mean you can literally roll it with your pinky finger and you can barely tell you're pulling anything so it's like it completely eliminates that like you know it's heavy when you pick it up it's really heavy so I recommend if you're going through airports or something, you know, on the regular, if you're hoping to do that more, definitely get something that you can pull because, man, it's made a huge difference in my travel experience. That's really smart. Yeah. This just made me think of another piece of gear or equipment that kind of gets overlooked, but the camera strap, mm. the beautiful leather harnessy camera straps are really popular and they look so beautiful. And I definitely jumped on that bandwagon and bought one a few years ago and I used it once and I was like, I can't. <laughs> Interesting. I felt like a reindeer or a horse like putting on my <laughs> harness and it was jangly and yeah. So I just use a black rapid strap because it's comfortable, sturdy, and I can like really easily like move my camera around on it and put my camera in a certain spot, my body with that. Perfect. And I have always just used my standard issued straps and I've tried a couple of things and I, for whatever reason, just, I like being able to take the camera off my body and I don't know, like really easily, like set it down or whatever. I don't know why. I think we get in habits and there's no right or wrong, but I like having them free. But both of those options are something you just have to figure out, I think. And I mean, you're talking weddings too, like for family sessions, I don't, I mean, it's a little easier. Like I only use one camera versus I always shot two double bodied for weddings, but one for family sessions. And like, I just kind of wrap the strap around my hand actually. And I have this weird way that I just kind of, I don't know, you develop habits and I am, <laughs> I'm not a harness wearer, but if I was shooting weddings, especially at this point, now that I'm getting a little older, I think uh, I could see it really being a helpful thing. Yeah. I did buy the Black Rapid harness double harness but it's just built a little differently yeah and the leathery ones yeah well and i mean so yeah and then i have sd and compact flash because the i'm shooting on a mark four so the camera has a dual slot thing i have a old fuji xt100 a mirrorless i bought it about eight years ago and yeah eight years ago and I was using it for travel and stuff, but I have not since bought a mirrorless. It's weird. We've had this conversation, but like, I have nothing against, I mean, I know a lot of the new cameras are amazing, but I actually, I'm so entrenched in my, like, it's so automatic. My little routine is like, I could, if it didn't require my eyes, I could definitely do it with my eyes closed. And if you could describe to me where someone was standing, I could probably close my eyes and reach into my bag and be like, I know what I need to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's like I, you know, it's so second nature and I'm, I'm certainly not afraid of change or learning something new, but I do kind of like the slightly not always sharp thing that 
DSLRs do. And I and the my mirrorless is tack sharp all the time. And I know that sounds counterintuitive to a lot of folks. And depending on what you're shooting, it does matter. But the family documentary stuff that we've been talking about now for a while, like there's something, it certainly shoots sharp, but like there's something nice about, there's like just a little bit of wiggle room with like just a little more reminiscent of film cameras, I think. Yeah, I know the, because I actually just got a mirrorless this last winter. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a few reasons why I wanted it. Better focusing, like I was missing focus (laughs) in a not normal way. And I was like, I need something that I'm just, helps me focus better but it's almost like too sharp like like high depth almost looking my editing style really softens everything so it doesn't you can't really tell the difference but the initial photos I'm almost like this is too sharp it looks too fake that's interesting yeah again there's a very good chance at some point I'll just you know dive in and get something and play around with it and have a mirrorless but for now I'm I'm just kind of like in my little groove and I'm happy with my groove. And I think, I mean, isn't that kind of what we're all going for is to find something that works? Yep. That's exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the consumerism fool you. Like there's a photographer I follow who I really admire and she still is shooting on her clunky old DSLRs. And that's my backup cameras are my DSLRs. And they're not the nicest ones either. They're Nikon D750s. They're not like, the biggest fan of Nikons by any means, but I built my business with those and made beautiful photos. Well, I'm with you. I have a Canon Mark IV, 5D Mark IV, but I have four Canon 5D Mark IIs. And two of them don't really work anymore. I'm going to like, they're just dying and the actuations are probably, you know, I mean, they're just like, they need to be seriously repaired and they're also like banged up. And I mean, they're just in really bad shape, but I would come around to like, you know, wanting to get something new for a backup or like try something new. And then I would just find myself buying like a slightly used Mark II on eBay because there's something in Canon. And I know you shoot Nikon, but like when you pair the 50 millimeter 1.2 with the 5D Mark II, there's something in the color palette that's absolutely perfect every time. Like even in camera, even if you're shooting Kelvin, like it is so pretty and it's kind of a little soft and like, I love it. So I'm with you. Like, I don't think, I think trying new stuff is important. Like I certainly don't want to fall off the bandwagon to such a degree that I'm like, what's a mirrorless? You know, like I certainly like, want to keep learning about what's coming out. And I, I think the digital picture is a great website for digging into all that stuff, especially Canon stuff. But I don't, I think commercialism and consumerism and all that stuff is like, yeah, just get really good with what you have. You can take a great photo with what's in your hand. You know, you totally can. Absolutely. I have a quick question for you before we wrap this up. Have you tried any of the AI editing stuff? Oh gosh. I have. like a whole other... Ooh, this is a whole episode because I have mixed okay. feelings. I'll tell you quickly. Like, I think there's some great parts about it. So the Photoshop beta, I've pulled photos in there to help remove things that I normally would edit out. And it's been very helpful. Like glasses glare. I went in there, I just circled it and I typed in remove and it took it out and was beautiful. Awesome. I did have a photo where I like added in some extra background flowers, but not anything super crazy or noticeable. I just saw somebody 
post photos and they were absolutely stunning. Like the kind of photos you would see in a magazine that won like national awards or something, you know, the ones that just make you pause. And then it said that they were all AI generated. They weren't real photos. And I was so sad (laughs) because I was like, man, I feel like AI might take away some of the magic of real life photos being taken because you'll see something you don't know if it's made up or real so that's where I get like a little like I don't know if I like it I know there's a fine line there it's so tough there are a couple of people that I follow that are also started their business as pretty well-known photographers and they're doing like AI fine art prints and I mean there's a part of me and they so I guess I should finish that thought is they look like really wild in studio like if you did it in studio would be like pretty incredible but there's I think there's such a fine line and like with the tarot deck that I'm designing like I'm using real photographs AI generated like background images and stuff like that hand drawing and then I'm pulling them all together in Photoshop which I talk about when I'm sharing the art because I'm like this wasn't just you know, generated. It's definitely something that took me like, usually each one takes me about 12 hours. Yeah, it's fun to use AI that way, but I'm with you. Like there's this fine line between the magic of it and kind of also like taking away from the magic that humans are capable of. I don't know. I I think we're going to discover a lot about like, you know, I think that art shows and in-person events and things are going to probably also gain traction as well as virtual events, like people are going to kind of pick a bucket and go like, I'd like to go to where the humans are doing this stuff. And some people might be totally into being in sort of a metaverse type of situation where there's, you know, and I, I think it's happening too fast for our society and our brains to even understand it. I was curious too about just like, there's a couple of companies that work with Lightroom to just kind of AI edit your photos for you in bulk. Have you ever done anything like that? Like, uh, like not like the AI fancy stuff, but just like, a, oh yeah, it takes you, your catalogs and takes about a, a two or 3000 photo sampling and then edits a sample catalog. Have you used that? I haven't yet. I have been just kind of a, creeper in the shadows like watching other people and like taking in information because I can see how that would be really nice I tried like a trial version of one of those softwares and without realizing like I didn't like the outcome but then I realized later on that I actually need to do it more and more and more for it to learn my style and do better but yeah I'm open to that yeah no me too I was just curious so we'll have to continue this conversation another time but well thanks for sharing all your stuff Audrey Yeah. Thanks for having me as always. We'll interview each other soon. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, photographers. Tired of staring at a blank screen when writing emails? 17 Hats has introduced a game-changing AI email writing feature called Hattie. Now, with just the click of a button, you can create polished professional emails. So whether you're responding to leads or building templates, Hattie will elevate your communication game with the power of AI. It's just one more way 17 Hats helps you manage your business better. So go try 17 Hats for seven days for free and use code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year. That's up to a $300 savings. Check it out at 17hats.com. Use code PHOTOBIZHELP. 
So are you one of those folks that say, ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you. And then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business.